and welcome to this week's Dairy Dialogue podcast. It's number 156. I'm still not caught up on editing from Anuga, mostly because video takes a whole lot longer. But the audio parts are coming along, and this week we have two interviews taken from the videos, and one interview that's not from Anuga. I'm Jim Cornall, editor of Dairy Reporter, and as I mentioned, editing is coming along slowly. A part of it is, at least for me, getting everything organised. I promised not to repeat myself with Anuga stories this week, and I won't. I'd kind of figured maybe I would have thought of something insightful, or something that I forgot the first time around, but no. I'm hoping this weekend I do remember to put the clocks back as Scotland plunges even deeper into those dark winter months. And because other countries haven't changed yet, it makes planning interviews even more confusing than it usually is. They've already started closing roads for the huge meetings on climate change coming up in Glasgow, although fortunately they haven't extended to around here. If a head of state does pass through our tiny village, then they're hopelessly lost. But if they do, they'll be on the local social media within minutes, because nothing goes unnoticed. But I do think that COP26 is going to be a pivotal event, and it's amazing that it's taking place here in Scotland, in spite of all the planned strikes and disruption. I hope all the participants enjoy the weather. We've got about 10 days of rain forecast. Not that that's particularly unusual. It's also Halloween this weekend, and after last year's was pretty much cancelled, I'm sure kids everywhere are eager to make up for it and create a sugar rush that lasts almost until Christmas. Hopefully there's nothing scary about the podcast this week other than the host, and so I will let you know who our guests are this week. On the podcast this week, we talk to Arla Foods Ingredients Head of Sales Development, Business Unit Health and Performance, Matt Stuvi, and we have two more interviews taken from the recent Anuga event in Cologne, Germany, and those are with Soria Jamé, Export Sales and Marketing Manager at Lactinoff, and also with Zabina Obermeyer, project manager for De Drei Milchkristalle. And before we get to this week's news, I should tell you about our next webinar, or a webcast, which is coming up on November the 9th, because for the first time we'll be filming it, so you'll be able to see the three panellists. Sadly, you'll also be able to see me, so I would go out and buy some duct tape now, so you can cover the relevant portion of your screen. It also means that I'm going to have to make my office somewhat presentable, which may well take until November the 9th. The topic is delivering through dairy, so basically how to create new products using dairy ingredients. Our three panellists are Margaret Butler, Sector Manager of Dairy Ingredients at Board Beer, which is the Irish Food Board, Shannon Coco, Strategic Marketing Director for Food North America at Kerry, and Rosie McGovern, VP of Research and Innovation for Yogurt at Danone North America. You can register at dairyreporter.com, and it's free. My favourite price. Okay, so now to the news from the past seven days that you may have missed. And that's dairy news, not world news, because that's far too depressing. SVZ has developed a neutral base range for enhancing dairy products with natural ingredients. Granarolo has acquired the US company Calabro Cheese. And the AHDB in the UK is exploring UK dairy exports to the Australasian markets. 
That has been brought about because the UK has done a tentative trade deal with New Zealand and we also had an article on Dairy UK calling that deal a blow for the UK dairy industry. It may be the season for Halloween, Thanksgiving and Christmas, but it's also the season for 2022 trends. And we've had a couple of them come out already with Friesland Campina's 2022 trend report and another from ADM. Enterprise Ireland is investing 14 million euros in a new dairy research program. We had an article on Shea Butter, not Shea Stadium, and we also had an article on Nutrition X, which took place at Anuga, asking the question, is the food industry part of the healthcare system? CP Kelco introduced a pectin solution for salted buttermilk, the World Cheese Awards confirmed entries from a record 45 countries, and that's a new record of 45 countries, not a 45 RPM record. And GEA introduced a new powder packaging system for dairies. You can read all of these and plenty more at dairyreporter.com, where, as I already mentioned, you can also register for our upcoming webinar slash webcast. Hopefully we'll break a record like the World Cheese Awards with our biggest webinar registration ever. Well, I can dream. And so let's kick things off this week with a couple of short interviews from Anuga. First, it was great to catch up again with Soria Jamé, Export Sales and Marketing Manager at Lactanoff. I think I've interviewed her three times now at events, and it was nice to meet face-to-face -face again. It was also an opportunity to find out what's happening at the French company, whose brand, Promess, is celebrating its 30th anniversary. So uh, what's, what's new with uh, Promess and... So uh, today we are very happy because uh, we are here in Anuga and by a very chance the brand was registered uh, 30 years ago in October 1991. First for our farmers and co-workers to benefit from the milk that we collect and that we process in our factory. So we are today in Anuga also happy because we can celebrate this 30th anniversary and we came with a limited edition of our packaging in bricks so we have this logo that we developed with Tetra Pak and then we can have this product to be shared with the family everywhere with our customers so we have in bricks we have also in HDP bottle in one liter and uh, 500 ml so also it's very good because we can meet our partner that we haven't seen for a long time to celebrate it together we have small gift also for them and we are just happy to share some time with them and uh, we hope that we will be able very soon to travel also to other destinations because of some of our partners are able to come in Anuga. Uh, so we will be in Girl Food, of course, next year, and we will be in Food Hotel Asia too. And also what's new from our the first time that we met is that now we are cooperating with our sister company, which is named Food and Nutrition. And uh, we are part of the same group. We all do a long shelf life product and shelf stable product. And they are specialists of dairy desserts. They have their own brand, which is Yabon, which is quite famous in France. They were the first to produce some riolet, so it's a type of rice pudding, very French, produced in Normandy, and uh, they offer it for all the family with long shelf life. 
and after they have another company which is called Cook Enough. It's another factory because what we do is to be manufacturer. And so we have then several meals, ready to eat meals, uh, that you just open warm in the microwave and you can eat directly. So it's very convenient. And as part of the group, the DNA remained the same. French product, French production, quality, and chef's table to 200 everywhere. Where are they being sold? So for the ready-to-eat meals, they are doing very well in the USA under the brand Presti. They are also doing many private labels in the US and also in Europe and in France. So we have retailer partners for, for whom uh, we are doing the ready-to-eat meals. So it can be pasta, it can be rice, it can be grains. Uh, we have also some vegan alternatives uh, which are already cooked that you just need to warm. So we trust that it's quite an innovation because you don't find so many ready-to-eat pasta which are vegan and cooked already. So we come with something special, I would say. And in Yabon, uh, we are selling, of course, in France, where the, the market is uh, quite interesting and uh, where we have good market shares in desserts. But we are also developing in Europe and we have just started to be uh, in several countries in Asia and Africa. So uh, in Lactinov, we help our sister company to develop abroad. So we are very happy to have new products. They have also many innovation. They are doing also for the food service. We have, for example, uh, we are launching a creme anglaise for the food service, uh, which is six months shelf life, and we produce it in our factory, Lactino. So it's really a win-win cooperation, and uh, we are very focused together to expand on the market and to offer quality products for everybody everywhere. And always working on new products, I guess. Yes, of course. So the milk continue with the brand Promise, and we also continue to do the OEM product. This year we have launched organic milk. So we did it already uh, in HDP bottle and now we are doing also private label in bricks. So uh, organic milk, uh, warm milk and also skim milk. So we continue to expand and to come up with uh, new innovation. Another thing is that also with our sister company, we are now able to offer drinking yogurt in pouch, uh, which is quite interesting because the shelf life is one year. So you can grab it everywhere and just when you want to have a little snack, whatever you are, a kid or an adult, you can enjoy good dairy product everywhere. That would be good for um, like the Middle East market as well if it's got a long shelf life. Yes, exactly. Long shelf life and shelf stable. So you just keep it in your pocket and you can eat everywhere. Mm. Exactly. Right. Be, I'm sure you'll be showcasing that in Gulf Food. Please. Yes, we will do it in Gulf Food and also we will be in November in Food Hotel China where we have a booth and we will present this drinking yogurt uh, to the Chinese market. But our recipe is uh, what we call flavored fermented milk. So it's real yogurt, uh, which has uh, a heat treatment to be long shelf life. So you have always dairy products which come from fresh French milk. And then after we process it to have long shelf life and to enjoy it everywhere.
Also at Anuga, I went to the launch of a new product called De Dry Milch, which I guess translates as D3 milk, which is milk with higher vitamin D levels. It's also hoped that as well as attracting consumers, it will help farmers who will get more money for the value-added milk. To tell us about the product and the scheme is Zabina Obermeyer, project manager for De Dry Milch Kristalle. Is the dry, is it a company or what's the story behind it? Yes, well, uh, Mr. Gnan, he is the founder of Milchkristalle, which, um, which is the company with the uh, GmbH. But the dry is, is, it's a brand because it, um, it says everything. It says it has a vitamin D3 inside and it has the, uh, the D3 concept. The concept says uh, we want to provide everybody with um, vitamin D, but we want to also want to do something for the, the guys that produce the milk and for the animals. So those are three parties we, we would like to satisfy and we, we intend to bring more money into the systems. As we said here in the conference, the trend is um, for everybody that um, all the, the milk producers, the, the numbers are, are going down because they cannot manage to live with that low milk price. They, they cannot. I mean, we have increasing energy prices. We have increasing the cow's need. And, I mean, all the, the, the prices explode, but they don't get more money. And we want to get more money into the system so they can survive. For us, they're doing a good job for us. But the good thing is that we have a patent on that, you know. We can work with a lot of people, with milk producers, uh, with a milk producing company. The, the, the vitamin, how is that increased oh, in, yes. the, in the milk? Um, oh yeah, that is very interesting because it's pure natural. It is um, Mr. Tony Gnan, he, uh, 10 years ago, he had this question, how can I make milk better for the people? And he started to, to invest everything and then he always um, looked at the nature. And the nature makes the vitamin D. It's like for us people, we are outside and then, we, then uh, our body is um, made for making vitamin D for us. And um, it, it's the same with the cows. So what we did is we copied the nature we bring the light into the stable and um, the, the spectrum of the light copies the, the sun and then the cows started, are starting to produce vitamin D which is very good for their own health but um, uh, it's also good for the vitamin D that gets into the milk and there, there it is we have the natural vitamin D and it's 20 times higher than all the other milk even biolo biology uh, milk doesn't have that much vitamin. We do have it, and we can, you know, we can we can make other products out of it. You can make cheese and eat cheese to the wine, <laughs> or have yogurt and, and clotted milk. Yeah. yeah. So that's perfect. You ha you can have your cake with <laughs> with vitamin D, kind of, you know. So that's easy. And this is what we what we intend to do. I mean, the good thing is about milk. It's you need magnesium, you need calcium, you need vitamin K two. It's like 
nature. I mean, the cows used to be on the outside, <laughs> and there it was. It, you had the vitamin D, you had everything you needed to use it <laughs> in the right way. Yeah. So. And, and is, this a, is this going to be available in stores, or is it already available? Well, we have the onla uh, online shop at the moment, and uh, sure, we, we want to spread it uh, through the stores. We are talking to the um, to the stores, and we will see if they want us. <laughs> Depends on on how the uh, customer wants it. And the price is it comparable to? Is it no. be more expensive than regular? Milk? It is more expensive because we want that the, the guys that make the milk get more money. I mean, it's uh, it's about two euros. Uh, in our online shop, it's two euro thirty-five. In fact, but this is because uh, we are very small. We had all those price um, add-ons. I think we can decrease the price, but and it will be around uh, two euros. I think one euro ninety-nine or something like that. Yeah. So in the future, but the price will be. It has to stay a little more up because if that doesn't happen, all the farmers they will they will gone. I mean, the the prognosis um, is that we had 160,000 uh, farmers here in Germany that made milk in 1999, and 20 years later. There's 63% that are gone, and uh, the, the future says it's gonna only going to be 22,000. And what does that mean? That means, because you know, it's not going to be like everybody drinks less milk. It's going to be that we have a, a milk industry. We don't, I don't think, I don't want that. I want, I want it to be that families that used to make milk still can make milk and not to have to give up. And this is the reason why we really need more, a little more money in the system. And how will you um, tell customers about, because you know, <laughs> you go into Reva and you see the cheapest one, you grab the cheapest one, how will right. you make this people get people to buy? Yeah, this is the reason why we, uh, why we chose uh, the um, public relation, you know, we need, we need um, people like you to report about the good things that we, we want to achieve. You have to explain a little bit more. How many farmers are you working with on the project? Uh, at the moment, we're, we, we had a 10-year development and we have um, two farmers at the moment, but we are um, two other ones that are going the direct way to the customer uh, in Austria. They're going to uh, install it because they're quite um, excited about the, the possibilities. It's not only that they have uh, D3 milk, uh, the health of the cows will be much better. So this is also a reason why they want to do it. And um, they're young guys. They're f sorry, I have to say it that way. They're fed up um, with you know. They're doing all the work. They're w working seven days a week. Whatever they do, you know, if it's better or not good, it, it doesn't matter. They only get the same amount of money. And, and they want to do good things for their cows, 
they want to do good things for their um, surroundings. Uh, we have one here in Austria that um, invested 2.2 million uh, euros to uh, build a new stable that also makes good soil. You know, he's also thinking about the, the soil around, you know, he's, he's, I don't know, 24 years old. Uh, and then he, he wants to, to do something good. So this is something I think should be supported. Now it's to a longer interview, and it's not from an Uga, hence no background noise. And that's to talk to Arla Foods Ingredients about two things. Because the cooperative's ingredient arm has opened its new Arla Foods Ingredients Innovation Center, and it also launched a new product, Lac Prodan BLG100, which is a pure beta-lactoglobulin. To tell us about the new and very interesting product, as well as the new center, is Mats Durvi, Head of Sales Development Business Unit Health and Performance at Arla Foods Ingredients. So I guess um, if we could start with a bit of information on BLG, if you could tell me what BLG actually is. I would be happy to tell you about that. It's basically a brand new ingredient we recently launched, an ingredient that we're producing with a, with a brand new technology. We've patented solution because it's, uh, I would say it's, it's completely innovative uh, compared to what has been seen before in the industry. Uh, so of course, uh, the IP protection has been uh, key for us. It gives us an ingredient that is 100% pure BLG. And I think for those who are familiar with whey protein ingredients in general, then I mean whey proteins are extremely attractive because of its composition. You have uh, a high content of leucine, essential amino acids, branch chain amino acids. So that's, uh, that's super attractive to a lot of the consumers that we work with, whether you're talking uh, medical nutrition, where it's uh, patients who either need to build muscle mass or at least uh, conserve what they have, then that's super attractive. But also for sports consumers, that's really what you want to achieve. So if you're doing uh, weightlifting or similar, then whey protein is really a go-to protein source. Uh, so of course, whey protein is like uh, it's the gold standard in these two industries. Then if we zoom in on BLG, then that's one of the proteins that you find in whey. I mean, whey is composed of, of a lot of different proteins. And if you isolate BLG specifically or beta-lactoglobulin, then you have something that's, uh, I would say, even more potent than normal whey. So you get even more of what you're looking for. So you have an ingredient that has 45% uh, more leucine than normal whey protein. That's really key because if you look at muscles and muscle protein synthesis, then leucine is a key trigger that stimulates muscle protein synthesis. So getting 45% more is quite substantial. Then you also have 40% more branch chain amino acids compared to normal whey protein and 26% more essential amino acids. So it's like you have whey proteins, normal whey protein that was a golden standard before, and then suddenly you have something that's a lot more potent than what you've had before. So in some ways you could say that you have whey protein and you have whey protein concentrates, which is one category. You have whey protein isolates, which is another category. And then I would claim that we've created something new, uh, a whole new standard for what you find in whey proteins. So I, I'd say a super exciting innovation from our side. And then of course, one thing is what you can achieve when you look at the nutritional composition of an ingredient. But then also when you look at, of course, you need to get it out to the consumers at the end of the day. That's what you want to achieve, either whether it's a patient 
who needs it or whether it's a sports consumer or a normal consumer in a, in a supermarket and you need something that's attractive in a format. And that's where we've worked a lot with this ingredient as well to make sure that we've done, I mean, ready-to-make shakes are super relevant for sports nutrition. That's attractive. It's completely clear when you mix it with water, you can create applications where it doesn't taste of protein. So that's brand new and it's something consumers are looking for. But you can also make uh, acidic beverages, which is another category relevant for sports and, and medical consumers. And here you can get up to uh, to 23% of protein in, in a solution. I mean, if you compare it to what has been seen in the market before, then that's really substantial. That really calls for whether you are, again, a, a sports consumer. You don't need that much. I mean, 18 grams of protein, then you are at the level where you, according to scientific literature, where you get all the leucine you need and all the essential amino acids. So you can do super small shot formats. And that's convenient. They taste well because it is an intact natural protein, but it's also attractive to uh, if you are working with a patient, for instance. The typical geriatric patient or older consumer will have, uh, I mean, their problems in when they ingest medical nutrition is getting sufficient nutrients. So getting something that's just packed with the right type of protein is brand new and super innovative. So is this the end of whey protein then? No, I don't think, I don't think it's the end of whey protein because of course whey protein is still attractive. It's a popular ingredient. There's going to be a big demand for this. So, so no, it's definitely not the end. And so what kind of end products do you see it being used in? I think it has massive potential. I mean, if you look at the industries in, uh, in sports nutrition, where you could say the core consumers are really looking for that, that gives them the extra benefit. And there you could do it in the popular format. So it could be a ready-to-mix powder that you mix with water and, and do a shake. But it could also be in a ready-to-drink product that has a citrus flavor or orange flavor or something similar. Or you could go all in and do one of these protein shots where you get something really well tasting again. There's also some benefits in that. I mean, that gives you the option to have something that's easy, convenient on the go, but you could also use it before sleep, for instance. I mean, I think no one really wants to drink uh, 300, 400 mils before going to bed. And in the medical nutrition area, it's kind of similar. Again, the protein shot definitely has some potential. There's a lot of products out there where the patients struggle to ingest what they need. So giving them perhaps 100 mil or less before a meal could make sure that they get the protein they need in a simple, convenient way. And so what kind of testing has there been done on it in terms of medical nutrition and sports nutrition? I think that's also, I think we're going to talk about our innovation center afterwards. I mean, in general, we do a lot both to test it. We have an, an application team working here. So they tested in various prototypes, I mean, end products that we envision that our consumers could use it for. But we also have a nutrition science team who sit and do clinical documentation. And this is a brand new ingredient. So we have a whole range of clinical trials that we're going to do. The first ones that we've done here is just proving the general, I mean, you ingest it, how's the protein absorbed, how does the amino acids appear in the blood. And there you can clearly see that if you take a blood sample after ingesting it, you can see that you get a much higher concentration of leucine in the blood compared to other protein sources that we've tested again. So we're doing a, we're doing all sorts of trials, looking into muscle protein synthesis, looking into recovery in patients. So there's a, I would say that we are on a journey to demonstrate what the literature already tells us, because there's a lot of studies out there looking into leucine, looking into branched chain amino acids. 
So you could say that the basic foundation is already there, but of course we also want to prove it directly in a side-by-side -side comparison to other protein sources. And how are you going to, because when you have something that's a little bit different, there's more awareness, how are you going to be able to communicate that to your customers about this entirely new product? Uh, I think that's an excellent question. There's definitely a need to communicate. I mean, I think the whole foundation is that, that protein is not just protein. For some consumers, if you go down to a supermarket and ask people, they would probably not know. I would say that we are in the lucky situation where most of the consumers that we work with or customers that we work with already have a very good idea about their consumers. And I'll guarantee you that if you go down to a guy lifting weights in the gym, for instance, then he would know, he would buy, he would be buying whey protein already. So he would also have a very good idea about why whey, why not just collagen or soy protein or something else. They already have a, a good idea. So it's about, of course, supporting customers with what they can communicate and how they can communicate it to create this awareness. You mentioned the fact that you have the new center. How does this new product fit in with the center? Was that developed at the new facility? This was something that was already, I mean, this is something we've been working on for a long time. So I'd say that it's more like it coincides with the way that we think in Arla Foods Ingredients. Innovation has been part of our DNA for many years. We're a company that's on a growth journey and want to continue putting new things out there. PLG is not the first time that we've delivered innovation. I think I can come with a lot of examples with MFGM, OPN, other sorts of specialized ingredients for infants that support infant nutrition, which is another business for us. I mean, you'll never go up to the standards of human milk. That is the golden standard, but make something as close as possible. We have a lot of innovations in that area. We've previously done CGMP, which is used for PKU patients. We've developed WPI, which has very unique functionality with, uh, again, clear protein drinks, making something that's tasteless, that has this appeal to consumers, and now BLG. We have a strong track record with making new innovation. And doing the new innovation is um, basically our investment in continuing this journey, making sure that we continue delivering these new super innovative solutions. This center is an investment of 40 million euros. So a big investment. We'll have the right facilities. We'll have the labs, the right settings for people to meet and discuss innovation. We have space for scientists, technicians, state-of-the-art labs. And that's an investment in making sure that we continue bringing out uh, these wonders. We uh, see BLG being one of those. How long was it in development, the new center? Well, the planning goes many years back because it's been trying to capture both the needs, of course, of what we want to achieve. It's also been planning. I mean, if we go out to the site, it's built right next to our primary factory called Denmark Protein. So our biggest production site. We wanted to build something that was close to production. So it was easy for, to transfer the ideas from R&D, get that into testing, do the pilot trials. People can walk over and have the discussions. But it also took a lot of planning because the whole infrastructure needed to be changed. Just getting the space for building it required moving a road, for instance. So the planning as such has gone a long way back. A lot of discussions about what equipment was needed at the site. How many people do we envision being there on a longer term as well? Because it's also, again, the investment into development. I think our R&D department, similar to the rest of the company, has, has grown a lot. So it's also been uh, long term planning for the future. Basically. 
when you're coming up with a new facility like that, how do you plan for future growth? Because obviously you don't just want a new center that is good for now. You want it to be able to accommodate your expansion as you move forward. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of dialogue between people to try and, and figure out what is actually needed, how much do we need. And then I would also say that it's also, I mean, we built something here and now, and we have a big pilot facility, but the equipment that's been set up there and knowing how it's worked for the past, it's also going to be dynamic. Equipment is going to go up and down, but having this site gives us flexibility to actually start small-scale pilot production of products, move them to our primary site, and then we can take down that equipment and start working on the next thing. So I think we've done as much as we can to scale, but it's not a one-time investment. We're going to keep on having to invest in the site to make sure that it follows the development and that we can push development as well. And how many people are going to be working there? The plan for now is that, that it can house up to 100 scientists and technicians. That's the plan. And what does it allow you to do that you couldn't do before? It allows us to work in a faster way. That's one thing. And it allows us to also scale up in a better way. We have some examples where we can start up production and produce fairly big amounts before moving it into uh, to the new side. That's definitely one of the benefits that in terms of agility, it's uh, a really good side. And what does it mean for collaboration with your customers as you move forward? We have close collaboration with a lot of our customers. And the plan is to be able to take them in-house, work side by side on certain projects. That's something we do more and more, develop some standard solutions, but also work on tailor-made solutions for selected customers. And that's really the plan to utilize this even further. Where I'm sitting right now is is not by our factory, but at our main office in, in Aarhus. And here we also have, for instance, we have a large application facility where we do like final prototypes. We do protein bars, protein drinks, bakery products. We can do all kinds of prototypes. So the plan is with the innovation center, that's one step before that. That's uh, focusing on the ingredient, of course, but it gives us some good options for custom tailor-made solutions. So it must be pretty exciting times there right now with a whole new product and the new innovation center. I think it's super exciting. It's a sense of pride that when you sit in a company, I've been a part of this journey for six years and I've seen the development day by day. When you open a site like this, of course, that gives you some pride. We are owned by the farmers, and it's also a, a good sign of their faith in what we're doing in all the foods ingredients, what we're doing with the way and making sure that we get most value of that and that we can continue developing these innovative ingredients. That our farmer owners, that they, uh, they're willing to invest 40 million euros into a site like this, that makes me proud, personally. That means that we're doing something right in the company. Probably also helps as well after coming out of the pandemic. It gives everybody a bit of a boost moving forward. I think everyone has that feeling that now they are ready to get out there again and create new things. We'll continue coming with new things. And I know that my IMD colleagues are working, uh, they're working hard. I mean, we're trying to utilize a way in general in the best possible way, find even those really small components and, and isolate them. With recent technology, we're also working with milk as a raw material instead. So I think this uh, BLG is like a step one in showing the world what we can do here and now, but there's going to be a lot more. I'm very confident of that. I still can't quite believe we're almost in November. It's been a crazy year, that's for sure. The weeks fly by quickly, and so does the podcast, because we're done for another week. 
I may use another Anuga interview next week, who knows, although there will be interviews with Ornua and Bobs, and we also have some others ready to go. And before you know it, it will be Christmas. I don't want to scare you, but there are only 59 days left to go, which means I've got to get my skates on and get presents ready to send overseas, as this year you never know how long it's going to take. I'm not usually this prepared, although thinking about something and planning to do it doesn't actually make it happen, especially if there's another trip thrown into those 59 days, which there may well be if I go to FIE and HIE Europe in Frankfurt at the end of November. Busy times, but then that's better than not being busy, I guess. Anyway, I hope you'll join us next week and that wherever in the world you're listening from, that you have a great week. Stay safe, take care, and as always... Thanks for listening.